Ew, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the awesome.com NFL strategy show. Final one before, well, we all season long, but final one before the NBA season gets underway tomorrow. We've got a ton coming your way on the NBA front, but NFL's not going anywhere. We'll continue to do these strategy shows, continue to do the live before locks, all of the strategy shows throughout the week, and of course, the four hour shows on Sunday. But anyway, today we got Bills, we got Titans. Monday Night Football. I'm Dave Lockman, joined as always by Matt Gajewski and coming back for yet another week, Alex Brown, former defensive end for the Chicago Bears at Alex Brown 96 on Twitter. What's going on, brother? Not much, man. How you doing? Doing good. I mean, yesterday was tough. I, I was I was in a real good spot, real good spot on the main slate. And mm-hmm. then I knew once that Dallas game went to overtime, that it was going to turn real south, south real quick. And, and the, mm-hmm. that CD lamb touchdown with Dak knocked me out of a lot, but we live to see another day, you know, CD lamb. He is becoming that dude over in Dallas. Gosh. Yeah. What about Amari Cooper though? I mean, God, he's been quiet. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cause CD lamb is making a lot of noise. That's why. <laughs> yeah. He's the number one over there. Matt Gajeski yeah. with us as well at Matt underscore Gajeski, Matt. How'd yesterday go for you, man? I was pretty brutal on the main slate. Made a little bit of money on FanDuel. DraftKings was rough. Playing a lot of cash these days. I mean, playing Lamar Jackson, Devontae Adams. You have those two guys in your cash lamps. Unless you hit some ridiculous 2v2 or swap, it was a pretty rough day for you. And it was a very chalky build overall. A lot of people were duplicated in their line constructions. And a lot of the same lineups were heavily duplicated. But just a, a tough, tough day to overcome if you were on some of the chalk players yesterday. I mean, it's usually not likely that Lamar Jackson and the Ravens put up like 36 points or whatever it was, and the Chargers are held scoreless for most of the game, and Herbert basically has the same fantasy totals as Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I mean, like Lamar Jackson in a game where they score nearly 35 points for him to have less than 15, to have all of those rushing touchdowns go to Latavius Murray, Le'Veon Bell, just all of the backs they signed on the street and none of the production (laughs) going through Lamar Jackson. And I mean, even Marquise Brown dropped another touchdown. So there's just a lot left on the field by the Ravens, but that happens sometimes. I mean, it's been a a good year overall. Occasionally the chalk will fail. And if you're playing a lot of tournaments and you got contrarian yesterday, I'm sure a lot of people had a lot of success taking that approach. Sure. Devonta. And I mean, like Kareem Hunt got hurt, like a lot went wrong. Devonta Freeman got got in in as well. I'll tell you what. The one thing I did was I was definitely underweight on Kareem Hunt by a lot. Only not not AB because I didn't like him and not because obviously I thought he'd get hurt or anything. In all seriousness, that game went south so quick that I wouldn't be surprised if he wasn't great. But because you had guys like Taylor and Mixon and just so many good mid-range running backs that were that were priced in that tier. And there's a lot. I mean, DraftKings has been pricing a lot of these good RBs down enough to where you kind of have the pick of the litter each week. Right. I mean, even though he was sitting in a great spot, so was Williams for KC. So was Herbert for the Bears. Yeah. Like, just, and, you just, and you're going to get that value pretty quickly if either one of those score a touchdown. If they end up scoring two, then it's going to be very hard for Kareem Hunt to even beat them. And they're a lot cheaper. So um, I went I was going leaning more to that way. So the Kareem Hunt didn't really kill me, um, but I still didn't do anything because Devontae Adams didn't do anything. I'm sitting over there about to call my Bears game, and I'm hoping Devontae get a touchdown. <laughs> so He almost but, did, man. He he almost got, did. I mean, you could see clear as day that he stepped out, but originally yeah. they called that a touchdown. That would have been what, like a 70-yard touchdown? 
Yes, there's a lot of points. I need those. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we all did yesterday. But that's all right because the good thing about the way football scheduled now is if it doesn't go great on Sunday afternoon, you got Sunday night. If it doesn't go great on Sunday night, well, you got Monday night. And that's what we're here to talk about, breaking it all down with you guys. Of course, I'm on Twitter at Lafay underscore D. Hit us all up if you haven't done so yet. Give us a follow and follow uh, Osmo at Osmo underscore com. Happy to have everyone with us. And, you know, hit that thumbs up. Only takes a second. Subscribe to the channel and uh, hit that join button, too, if you'd like. It looks like Jay Brown, 764, already joined. Welcome to Team Osmo, man. Enjoy those badges, emojis, and the other stuff that comes along with it. Let's dive straight into this one, Matt. Um, first thoughts here in a game where the Titans at home are six-point dogs. 53-point total, though. We have a couple spots that we're waiting on with A.J. Brown uh, currently questionable with that uh, illness. We'll see how that plays out. But out of the gate, how do you see this game going with the Bills having a quality pass defense? The run defense has been pretty good, too. But they, outside of the outside of the Chiefs, man, they they've had some really easy matchups in terms of what offenses they've faced. Yeah, that's true. I think we can fall back on a larger sample from last year, looking at what the Bills did. Their team is largely the same overall. They didn't lose a lot of players, and some of the players they did miss or they lost this past year weren't really impactful. We're talking about like John Brown; they replaced him with Emmanuel Sanders. So we have a large sample of this team being really effective through the air against really good teams too. And I think Tennessee, you've seen them stumble at times this year. You've seen them struggle with injuries, particularly losing Julio Jones and A.J. Brown. They have not been able to overcome those to some degree. I still am favoring the Buffalo side if I'm taking a stance on the game overall in betting markets. But for DFS in particular, this is a really fun game to target for tournaments, I think, because of how many players the Bills use. You're going to see four wide receivers, a really premier tight end, two running backs. And then, of course, you always have to consider the kickers on these teams with really high team totals as well. So I think it's a really fun day for tournaments. Yeah, absolutely. And, and AB, from what you've seen this season, can the Titans keep this close with their inability to protect Ryan Tannehill? Um, no, no, I, I don't think okay. they I, I really don't. I, I don't think they keep it close. I think when you look at the other side, they can't protect their quarterback and they can't get after their opposing team's quarterback. So we're talking about Josh Allen sitting in the pocket and all his weapons just running around wide open. You give a quarterback like him and the weapons that he have, you give them five or six seconds, they're going to get open. So guys like Emmanuel Sanders, a guy that can get deep, that Diggs can get deep, but I think a lot of people be on him. But we're talking throwing the ball all over the place, Josh Allen coming out with 300-plus, uh, two, three touchdowns, and if he runs for one, then you're probably going to want him in that captain spot. You know, Matt, you talk about the Bills, and let's just dive straight into this one now. Uh, Bill's laying six points on the road. They have an implied total near 30 points. So definitely projected to score a lot today. Uh, and that makes perfect sense. They're, the offense is humming despite who they face. This is you know, one of the most efficient offenses in the league. When you, when you look at you talk about spreading the ball around, they do in the sense that, you know, there have been some guys that have gotten some looks this year, but really, I mean, you look at it's Stefan Diggs. Beasley, Sanders, and Knox. Outside of that, you, know, you have yesterday in that Jacksonville-Miami game in London, it was the start of the fourth quarter, and 22 players had been targeted in that game. 22 players had seen a target. At least with this one, yeah, it's moved around. Dawson Knox has been a little bit more involved, been very efficient, by the way. 
but it's basically him, Sanders, Beasley, and Diggs, and then the occasional Singletary or Moss, and maybe a red zone target for Gabriel Davis every couple of weeks. I, I went back and looked at snap counts, routes, run, and it seems like Cole Beasley is kind of losing his role a little bit to Gabe Davis. They've been splitting a lot more recently than over the course of the year. So I, I think maybe you see a little bit of a 50-50 timeshare between them moving forward. Very different skill sets. And Beasley's limited as a player. He plays that slot role, a lot of underneath stuff. It's been very valuable for Buffalo, but I think at different points, they're going to want to get Gabe Davis on the field, just situationally, certain play calls, personnel matchups, things like that. But then you see him running four wide a lot too. And I think the emergence of Dawson Knox has also brought off Beasley a little bit. Last year, they ran four wide at a decent clip. And Knox being just, he's emerged a lot this year. A lot of growth from him coming out of Ole Miss. He's a player that actually didn't score a touchdown in college but he was like this hyper athlete they drafted. So his emergence has allowed them to do a lot of things as well. So I'm not sure about Beasley being a full-time player moving forward. Interesting because he's definitely been targeted as one, right? I mean, he's second in team targets. You you think that Gabe Davis could not overtake him, but start to, to really encroach upon that target share and snap count. I mean, he played 39% of the snaps last week. I don't know if that's an injury or, or what it is, but they run two tight end a decent amount, like Tommy Sweeney will play a bit here. And then, I mean, even the snap counts for Gabe Davis, they're not high, but the 25%, those are bringing Cole Beasley off the field at times. They're not running four wide as much. So when they do bring a player off the field for Gabe Davis, it's Beasley. It's not Sanders. It's not Diggs. For sure. AB, a- where are you at on Beasley? Let's actually start with him since Matt brought it up. Is this someone you're looking at today? If I want to be contrarian, sure. Um, I, I, I actually, I'm right there with Matt on this one. I don't think, I think he's kind of losing his role, losing the grip on his role right now because he's not that explosive player. When two years ago, before they got digs, they needed receivers, right? Now, this is like a, this is a talented room now. They have a lot of talent, a lot of explosive players. So we're talking about somebody that, yeah, if he gets 10 targets in a game, like he's going to have, 65 yards whereas Emmanuel Sanders or even Gabe Davis if they get four targets they can surpass him as far as yards those explosive plays that they can have so he's losing it um if they're going to be that explosive offense yeah he's not going to be able to be on the field because he's just not that type of player so, so I'm not I'm not good on it I, I don't like him. I'm not too high on it so Matt who starts getting because Beasley runs almost 90 percent of his his routes out of the out of the slot right so who begins to see that? We we obviously guys like um, you know, Diggs will run. You can line them up pretty much anywhere. Uh, it, it, Gabriel Davis has seen fifty four percent slot routes, which is interesting for a guy that's you know such a threat in the red zone. Would you start seeing them mix that up? Because I'm not necessarily sure anyone's just going to get most of their opportunities out of the slot if Beasley starts losing that grip. Yeah, I, I agree with you one hundred percent. I do think they rotate it around. And it'll depend on personnel. Like they can even use Dawson Knox out of the slot because of how athletic he is. Similar to like Miami's Mike Jasicki plays almost entirely out of the slot, not wide. Knox can play a little more in line, but he's versatile enough where he can play out of the slot. He can play in line. You could even use him out wide a little bit. And then like you mentioned, they'll use digs there a little bit. I think depending on matchups, depending on what they want to do with digs, you'll see a little bit of Sanders and a little bit of Beasley himself and Gabriel Davis. I think it's becoming more of a rotation but when Beasley's on the field, he is their slot receiver. You don't see him really out wide. But when he's off, I think they'll switch it up. All right, A.B., here's my prediction for tonight. Stefan Diggs is the optimal captain and in a captain in the Millie Maker winning lineup. Ooh, 
Ooh. Oh, yeah. It's happening, wow. man. The guy's averaging 10 targets a game. He still averages 2.1 yards per route run. It's there. It just hasn't happened yet. And everyone wants to sleep on him. I'm not he's, saying they will. He's in our, he, I ran our optimal. He's in it at captain. Oh, oh, is he? Yeah. I'm not saying it's a hot take, Matt. I'm just saying that like. No, I, I'm, I'm saying I think you're I think that's a good play. I'm okay, not saying yeah. It's, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, how long and to both of you guys, though, how long can you keep digs down? I get it. Everyone's like, yeah, but they, and you said it earlier that he spreads the ball out. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that you spread the ball out that Diggs is going to have floor games for 17 straight weeks, right? I don't think so. I think it's a strong buy low for the the volumes there. The big games just haven't been. We see that correct all the time. So I'm with you. What about you, AB? You got a different it's, opinion here? Yeah, it's not going to change. I mean, people are – the teams that are playing, it's not going to change. When you come into this game, you know you have to stop digs. So the Titans, they know they have to stop digs so other guys get off. So you get knocks to, to go off for a big game or you get Emmanuel Sanders – with one-on-one coverage, and he goes off for a big game. But they're not going to switch that and go to Emmanuel Sanders doubling him. No, you're going to stay on Diggs. If Diggs goes off, it'll be a game where he has 15 targets, and they're just truly trying to get him the football to get him kind of in his rhythm and going. But this team right here, man, they're thinking about winning. That's it. They, they almost got there last year. All they care about is winning. And it doesn't matter if it's Emmanuel Sanders or Knox or whoever. So Diggs is fine. He wants to be that guy, and I think he will be. But if, I'm, I'm actually going to say he's not the captain tonight because I don't think – if the Titans have any hope of winning, they have to double him. So can you – so when you look at a guy like Devontae Adams, right, absolute freak of nature, you can do whatever you want to stop him. You know the ball's going to come to him 15 times a game, and you just can't stop him, right? He's a different type of player, Diggs. He's built different. Not as fast, but he's just got more size. He's stronger. He can beat out any coverage. Is is that the problem that you see with a guy like Diggs, that if you're doubling him, he's not exactly the type of guy that can use his strength and his body to, to overcome the, 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 the extra or the additional attention? Right. Like, that's, that's exactly it. I, I think Diggs is a heck of a player, but you can take him away because of his size. He's not as big. If you get physical with him, I, I think you can kind of get him out of the game Devontae Adams, we're talking about Aaron Rodgers was the MVP last year. You know, they had Devontae Adams. He was an MVP. So they knew coming in, you got to stop Devontae, and they still couldn't, no matter what you did, because they would line him up outside. they line him up in the slot. they line him up anywhere, and he has the skill set to do it. I don't think Diggs can – I'm not worried. Nobody's worried about Diggs running by, by them, right? Diggs is a 4-6 type of receiver, so he's not a very fast guy. So – there are just limits to some of the things he can do. He does have 11 deep targets on the season, Matt, and that's what gets me excited, right? Like he's third in deep targets on the year coming into week six because obviously some team, most teams have played already in week six. Um, the, the ceiling game, I think, is still doable for days. Let me ask you this, Matt, because I think AB makes some good points. What is what oh. is different about needing to stop Diggs last year from needing to stop him this year? I don't think a lot. Their personnel is largely the same. I think it comes down to if they try to stop Diggs with that approach, how do how does Buffalo exploit the rest of Tennessee's defense? And we're not talking about a prolific pass defense by any means here. And early in the year, they have shown the ability to use Sanders, to use Knox and some of their personnel. And they've actually had some games where they've run on some people too. Their pass rate's not as high as it was last year. 
I think a lot of that has to do with opponent and game script so far this year. But there's multiple ways they can beat Tennessee. And I think if Tennessee does take that approach, they'll just use Sanders and some of the other openings that are available to them. Man, A.B., wait till we get that that squeaky wheel game, though, like we had from Robert Woods two weeks ago where they just peppered him with targets and he had like 80 targets. But um, all right. So how about this? Let, let, let's let's entertain this for a second. In the event that they that the Titans do come out trash secondary, by the way, not very good. But they do come out and and they make it they they make they put an emphasis, as you say, on on stopping digs. What are you doing now? Like, are you entertaining captaining Emmanuel Sanders, right, or, or or some of these other pass catcher secondary guys on the Bills? Absolutely. I mean, you look at two of the last three games. I think Emmanuel Sanders has had two touchdowns in two of those three games. So if you get a two touchdown night out of Emmanuel Sanders and an okay night out of uh, digs, then heck yeah, you can really see because a lot of people will put digs in there. A lot of people have um, Josh Allen in there. So I can really see a huge game out of uh, Emmanuel Sanders and Emmanuel Sanders has the speed to hit him deep, to get one of those first quarter has two catches for 82 yards and a touchdown. I can see that for Emmanuel Sanders. What about Dawson Knox? Love it. Love it. I, Matt, Matt said it earlier. Matt said that we didn't see a whole bunch from Dawson Knox last year. Like he, he wasn't this player right here and you're starting mm -hmm. to see him grow. Well, Emmanuel Sanders wasn't there either. So there's a lot more there for uh, Emmanuel Sanders. This is his first year with them, right? Yeah. Yeah. Last so year was John he Brown. He wasn't there last year either. So I think he's a different player than uh, John Brown. They have a lot more weapons than they had last year. So when you try to take away digs, they're just going to go to those guys until you like show up that coverage and make it more balanced. And then they can get, give uh, digs his touches. Matt, one of the things that's that's interesting about Knox, too, is almost 30% of his targets have come in the red zone. I mean, when you're talking about a tight end and just how heavily or how how necessary touchdowns are at a tight end position, particularly one that averages like four or five targets per game, um, I think Dawson Knox is like six targets per game at this point around that. Those touchdowns, the, the, the touchdown equity for a guy like Knox is so, so important. For sure. I, I, I counter that a little bit because he's just not playing the tight end position. Almost half of his snaps are coming sure. in the slot or wide. So I see some people talking about like the Bayard matchup in chat. Like he's not going to get fired every single play. And we talk about this with all wide receiver corner matchups. It's very rare for even a, like a shadow situation in the NFL on an individual corner. Like Bayard's not going to be on him every single play. So it's like a, a mute point to me. It's not worth even talking about. But the red zone involvement for what you mentioned is huge. Like if you're going to get red zone targets for any player, tight end, running back, wide receiver, fantastic. Yeah, and I guess I, let, let me rephrase it. What I mean is more so the fact that he's not he, he's averaging less than five targets per game, right? So he's not someone that's just getting peppered with them. So if two of those five are going to come in the red zone, it just makes him more valuable. Do you think he becomes more involved, though, going forward? Like, do you start? I think we start seeing a more heavily concentrated offense, or is there just really no no need for that right now with all of the weapons they have? I think most of the concentration comes through digs and it's spread out for the rest of the players. Okay. Now, any other peripheral guys, AB, that stand out to you whatsoever for, for Buffalo? We never want to leave any stone unturned. We're talking about these showdown slates because one random player can 
can get one or two targets, one of them for a touchdown, and boom, everything changes. Is there any net? Is there any reason to say, you know what? Maybe I, if I'm playing a bunch of lineups, I'll get some Gabe Davis in there and hope that Allen targets him in the red zone. Yep. Oh, absolutely. I think you're going to need that too. I mean, if you're going to if you're going to get the big boys in this game, and you want a little piece of uh, Derrick Henry and Josh Allen in the same lineup, then yeah, you're going to have to use Davis. I mean, he's he's really cheap, and there is a good possibility that he does get three or four targets and catches a touchdown. So uh, it's a high scoring game. You just never know. I'm going to have some Davis, but that's about it. As far as the really cheap guys that I want, Davis will be the one. I think he's 2000. Um, so I think that's some necessary uh, savings there that you, that you can use. Yeah, and, and Matt, to, to close out the passing options here, I, I think it is interesting that Josh Allen has the second most um, second most passing attempts in the red zone this season behind only Brady. Now, that's not a surprise because they've been wildly efficient. They faced pretty rough offenses or defenses, sorry, and they're just moving the ball up and down the field effortless, effortlessly. I can't say that word. Uh, but with 37 red zone targets, there's enough to go around to where we got to be careful not to just ignore players because they don't get a ton of targets each week. There could this no doubt could be an optimal lineup at the end of the day where it is a Gabe Davis or some obscure player for for the Buffalo Bills that ends up punching it into the end zone like a McKenzie or something. For sure. And I think you have to look at this as a rotation. And I don't know if a lot of people will, which brings up ownership. Cole Beasley Again, his role has been reduced. He hasn't played more than 66% of snaps in four straight weeks. He's been at 60 or below in three of the last four. And again, some of those are blowouts. But a lot of that coincides with Dawson Knox emergence. He's been over 78% of the snaps in all four of the last games. In week one, just 56%. You look what Beasley was in that game. He was at 91%. So in the last four games, you've seen a huge role reduction for Beasley, a huge role increase for Dawson Knox. And you've seen Gabe Davis remain fairly consistent. He's going to play between like 30 to 50% of the snaps, depending on what they want to do player personnel wise. And we just won't know that coming into the game. So taking stabs on Gabriel Davis makes a lot of sense to me because his role has been fairly consistent. Beasley is a guy I will certainly fade tonight if his ownership remains where it is. And I will be playing more guys like Dawson Knox. For what it's worth, I'm certainly not suggesting you play Isaiah McKenzie, who has, I think, one target on the season. Just saying, we've seen some crazy... AB, you've seen every year we see it with Josh Allen where random guys get into the end zone for Buffalo. It just always yeah. seems to happen. Mm-hmm. So. And, yep, absolutely. What are you doing with the Buffalo backfield then, the split between Singletary and Zach Moss, AB? Not a whole lot, honestly. Um, I think once you get down the red zone, I mean, I think it's, gosh, it, it is Josh Allen. He's going to keep that ball, and he's going to get an end zone. Zach Moss uh, – yeah, he, he's had some production this year. He catches the ball out of the backfield. But very few times do you see him go over that, well, shoot, 12, 12 carries in a game. It's just not enough for me. Uh, he just doesn't get enough touches. Now, he does catch the ball out of the backfield, so you could run into a uh, some big plays, four catches or something like that out of the backfield, which would make him relevant. But four touchdowns on the year, I don't know. Um, I need a little more. You know, Matt, this is a team in Buffalo that even when they are ahead by six plus points, right? They're still top 10 in pace. 
they they still like to throw. I, I mean, pretty much everything about Buffalo, like situation neutral, they're second in pace. If you're if you're looking at seconds per play, they're going to try and move the football quickly, really, regardless of the situation. And when it comes to somebody like Zach Moss, he doesn't get you excited, but at the same time, he is going to be, if, if it's not, put it this way, if it's not Allen getting the goal line carries, it's going to be Zach Moss. He has nine inside the 10-yard line this season. Remember, he sat out in week one, so he's only played five games. And then if you're looking to Singletary, you're hoping that he's the guy that breaks off the long 30 or 40-yard run, which he's capable of doing, but it's just very, very unlikely he's going to get any of those opportunities inside the five-yard line. I think with both players, you're dealing with unlikely outcomes where they hit their ceiling. Now, that's viable in tournaments. It's actually something you probably want to target in some of your lineups because we are talking about a Bills offense projected for nearly 30 points tonight. So while Zach Moss isn't the clear goal line back, I do think it is Josh Allen. And I mean, that's a trend we're seeing more and more in the NFL rather than teams like handing it off to Zach Moss and playing 10 on 11. They're now using their quarterbacks to some extent. And a lot of teams are doing this, I think highlighted by like the Kyler Murray's and Lamar Jackson's, but even Josh Allen's getting a ton of designed runs. And it makes a lot of sense, especially given his size. So Moss is cannibalized in that way. And at his price, like I'd rather just play Julio Jones on the other side. We'll talk about that game later. And then as far as Devin Singletary goes, he's cannibalized, not only just by Allen, but Moss, like you mentioned, is going to be the goal line back. So Singletary has like these hollow touches where if he doesn't break off that big play, it's going to be really hard for him to get there. At his price range, I mean, he's close to Beasley. We talked a lot of a lot about how we don't like Beasley today, but I think his role is still more consistent than Singletary's. You could play a kicker who has a more consistent role. You could even go down to Gabe Davis, who I don't think is that much different as far as just raw projection goes from Devin Singletary. So outside of tournaments, I'm not going to be playing these guys. In tournaments, would you be willing to... And like yesterday, this this probably would have worked. I didn't see the winning score on Sunday night, but uh, I know Ben Roethlisberger did throw a touchdown to Najee uh, Harris. I'm not sure if Roethlisberger was in the optimal, but you get the point. Uh, Would you be willing to to pair either of these running backs with Josh Allen? Uh, Moss has a 7%, 7 7.9% target share. Singletary is at 7.4% target share on the year. So I just ran an optimal lineup with both of them. Josh Allen as the captain. If you play both Singletary and Moss, you basically have to run like a 5-1 stack. I can't, or like a 4-2. I can't really see it any other way because you're not going to run Allen naked. Just you're absolutely not going to do that. And I mean, just the raw projection in the lineup is not bad. I think you could do it. And I don't think people are going to. So this is going to give you a lot of leverage on the field. And just looking at the lineups that I ran, they don't actually look that bad. Like you can run Allen, Singletary, Moss one of the studs and then like a Tannehill, or if you want to pay up another time, you could run like a Julio Jones. So I actually kind of like this construction a lot for tournaments. I do not think it'll be owned whatsoever. Yeah. That's not that bad. And you got to do some different stuff. If you're going to win in these now, AB over, we have a tool. It's the showdown uh, top plays tool that just gives you the, the probability that they're going to be the top overall score or that they will be in the optimal. They'll be the optimal captain. Josh Allen is a 42% probability of being the optim or uh, the top overall scorer today. And that's on a slate with Derrick Henry and Diggs and a lot of other good players. How do we approach him from a captain spot and just overall roster construction standpoint? I mean, it's, it's hard to, for what he does for his football team. I mean, it's just hard. He's like Lamar Jackson for Baltimore. It's like he, everything goes through him. He does everything. And then 
you're probably, I mean, you're more likely going to get a rushing touchdown from him than you are the running backs on their football team. So he's, and he's going to throw all of them. He's going to throw all the, all the touchdowns that you get through the air. He's probably going to throw it. So everything runs through him. I think it is hard to completely fade him. I think that would be crazy to have no lineups with him as optimal, but I mean, shoot, a couple a couple of shows ago, we did McCaffrey, and we saw what happened to McCaffrey. Yeah. And like, but that stuff happens. I mean, you don't really anticipate it happening, but it does happen. So I'm not advocating for Josh to go down at night at all. Yeah, I, I'm not either, but it, yeah, you're right. Well, forget about McCaffrey. What about Geno Smith on FanDuel the other day or the other week? Uh, a Geno Smith lineup when Russell Wilson got hurt, one 500 K solo over on FanDuel. <laughs> wow. I mean, it's crazy. And it happened with Marcus Mariota when Derek Carr got hurt. What was that two years ago, Matt? Or was that last year? That was last year. I believe was it last. I'm so pretty sure it was last year. I know exactly the day you're talking about. Yeah. Crazy shit happens. But the problem is how many times do you have to do that until it works? And then if it works, did you get the right build around it? So, like, you have to get everything right for that to work. It, it, it's whoever – I'm tipping my cat to the guy or the lady that plays Mitchell Trubisky tonight and not Josh Allen. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Like, no, I'm not playing Mitch. I'm sorry. Can't do it, man. Can't do it. Um, if Nathan Peterman was still behind him, maybe we'd do that. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, uh, all right, Matt, what about Josh Allen for you? The obvious answer is play him. I get that. But I, I'm just pointing out that he's he's very expensive. Uh, and to make it work in the captain, you'll have to make some concessions there outside of the or in the flex spots. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I like taking the approach outside of cash. In cash games, I'm playing Josh Allen in the captain. More than likely, we'll see how the day goes on with projections and stuff, but that's where I'm leaning right now. But in tournaments, I like taking shots on these receivers, assuming that all the production does come through the air. So you have Diggs coming in with reasonable ownership. He's nearly half as owned in our projections as Allen. And then you go down the list, like Cole Beasley, the second most owned receiver. I'd love to leverage off him with like a really low owned Emmanuel Sanders and Dawson Knox. He's even further down. I mean, you can play those two guys in the captain and Knox coming with a ton of leverage right now. I mean, he's a guy that is on the field nearly every play. He's playing in and out of the side. He's even playing out wide. Nearly half of his snaps coming from the slot out wide. They're using him like a receiver and he's playing just so much more than Beasley, but approaching Allen, I like stacking the pass catchers in the captain spot and using Allen as a flex in tournaments. You guys have anything else for the bills specifically the defense AB? I mean, I get it. This should be a high scoring game, but what if, right? What if the Titans really can't protect Tannehill? He's been sacked 20 times this season already. Uh, the Bills are top five in, in pass rush. Mm -hmm. I, any possibility that the Titans offense sputters like we've seen them do before and we end up seeing a, a fumble, a strip sack and a score, a scoop and score, a pick six or something from this Bills defense? Well, absolutely. I mean, you, you just said it. Give, they've given up 20 sacks. And a lot of now sacks. You're coming, now you're coming in with a team that actually gets after the quarterback. So what they need to hope is that they can run the ball effectively if they can run the ball effectively and their defense can keep this game from getting out of hand. So they don't want to get put in a position where they're down 17, 20 points and now they have to throw it and you kind of eliminate uh, Henry from that. So 
they want to keep it close if they can then yes but if it gets out of hand i mean you could definitely see six seven sacks from this team uh and they just they then you have to have them so yeah they there's some there is a there's a possibility that if i'm playing like five i might play 10 lineups i will have the bills in there i'll have some too especially if you're captaining josh allen matt it's not and i don't know where you're at on this you might be on an entirely different page but if you're captaining Allen, you might need to go cheap with a couple spots. Maybe the Bills make for one of them. What are you doing with the Bills defense and uh, Tyler Bass at the kicker position? I think you can play them both. I, I'm probably going to end up with Bass in cash games, low risk contests. Again, we'll see how the day moves on, but he's just such, such a cheap attachment to a team with such a high implied team total, and he's safe. Like field goals, extra points, those are going to be there for Buffalo. I love the Bills defense. Like you just talk about a team that has approached defense the right way. I mean, Last couple of years, they've been towards the top of the league. And rather than take these luxury draft picks like the Chiefs and Clyde Edwards Lair, which was largely a waste, they're just reloading at positions of value. And they're taking these high value, low bus probability players on the defensive line. Like last two, three years, they've now taken Ed Oliver, AJ Epinesa, and Gregory Rousseau. And they're so deep on the defensive line right now that none of these guys are averaging a lot more than 50% of the snaps. And you might think that's a reflection on talent, but it's not. These guys are all actually so good that they're able to rotate them and keep them fresh. So if for whatever reason you have the, them going down in this game, like the Bills pass rush is going to be fresh through the entire game because of how many guys they can play on this defensive line. They're just so deep. Yeah, they are. And it's like, tough with kick. It's tough with kicker, but it's possible that Bass gets, you know, a 50-yard field goal and then five extra points too. So uh, the problem is if he has five extra points, you're probably not getting him in an optimal because they're scoring a lot, but we'll see. Anyway, let's flip this over to the Bills or to the Titans side of it. Before we do, though, Matt, have you heard of No House Advantage before? I certainly have, but tell me more. Oh, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> you know, one thing about No House Advantage that stands out, our boy Ben talks about this all the time, Matt, right? The fact that all of the props that they have over there, it's a player prop, prop platform. You put them in lineups without salary. The ones you like the most, the ones you're most confident, you put at the top, they get the most points. The ones you're least confident in go at the bottom, they get the fewest points. But the props are static. They don't move throughout the day. So let's just say you've had the Julio Jones prop up, right? I don't know what it is. Uh, I can pull it up. Say like 53 and a half receiving yards. I think that sounds about right. Maybe 65. That's far off from 53, but you get the point. If, if A.J. Brown ends up being out, that is not going to change. And you might say to yourself, yeah, but everyone's going to see that. You're wrong. A lot of people don't take advantage of these edges. A lot of people don't look at other books to compare them. Or, most importantly, look at our free no-house advantage player prop tool and optimal lineups tool, which is at awesomeo.com, free every single day of the week, 365 days a year, and compare them to what they have over at No House Advantage. Uh, it's a legitimately great spot to build your bankroll. If you use the promo code AWESEMO, A-W-E-S-E-M-O, you'll get $25 deposit bonus upon signing up and depositing. Uh, there's mass entry capability now, bigger prize pools. And of course, it's peer-to-peer. -peer. You're not playing against the house and you don't have to worry about anything else like you would on DraftKings or FanDuel. All of the research you're putting in from these big DFS sites you can still take that and apply it. The same knowledge, the same insight, everything you've watched here at Awesome throughout the day over at No House Advantage. So download it in the App Store, go to the Google Play Store or NoHouseAdvantage.com and uh, start winning money. And for real, use those tools we've got at your disposal for free 
over at awesomemode.com. Not everyone knows about them. Nohouseadvantage.com. Check it out. All right. Let me ask you guys this. Who do you think has the most rushing attempts in a season in the NFL? Larry Johnson. Oh, you knew this, you son of a bitch. You knew that <laughs> off the yeah. top of your head? Yeah, yeah. Okay. How many? Uh, 396. 417. How many do you think Derrick Henry's on pace for across a 16th? Forget about the 17th game. How many do you think Derrick Henry's on pace for across 16 games? 452. Matt's on point tonight. 454. 400 AB, this dude's on pace for 454 carries, and I'm not even including game 17 this week or this year. Listen, this guy is an animal, and he has been his whole life. High school, he's a Florida kid. He crushed it. They handed him the ball 40 times a game. At Bama, they gave him the ball 30, 35 times a game. Doesn't matter. He's a machine. Like, he is the closest thing to a machine as we've seen in the NFL. And he just goes. And you know he's going to be that guy every single game. And he comes in and he still gets the 30 carries. He still gets the 135 yards rushing, a couple of touchdowns. And you can't really do anything about it. What you do is say, okay, that's fine. We'll just take everybody else away. But Derek Henry's going to get his. Yeah, he's definitely going to get his. And I think, Matt, the, the biggest thing here, right, is let – me, let me ask you guys a question. How has Derrick Henry managed to stay healthy week in and week out? Like, I know his running style is different for sure, you know, and he's not the Jamal Charles type, even though a lot of those were those bad injuries were uh, non-contact. But just in terms of how big this man is, how does he stay healthy on 30 carries a game? It's honestly probably the most remarkable part about this whole thing. He's been able to handle that workload, be as efficient as he is, and be durable. I think some of that, like the soft tissue stuff, some of it comes down to off-season preparation and how he takes care of himself. And you can see it. The dude's just like an unbelievable human. You couldn't create humans like that in the lab. So I think a lot of it probably is Derrick Henry's preparation himself. And I'm just, I don't know what he does. I don't know what some of the other players do in comparison, but he never has soft tissue injuries. And then, like you mentioned, he hasn't had any of those drastic non-contact injuries too, which you just love to see it for Henry. I hope he continues to be healthy throughout the duration of his career. It's, it's honestly a revelation. Man, it, it does sound great, man, honestly, but sometimes it's just mom and dad. Like, he didn't do anything for it. It's just mom You're and saying dad. just straight genetics? Yeah, just genetics, yeah. <laughs> You know what? You're, you're, you're probably right. But on a day like today where – and AB's already said it both. I think we've all agreed that if they want to keep this game competitive, if, if they don't want Ryan Tannehill to die, you have to at least – try to get Derrick Henry the football as much as possible. Now, that starts going sideways in the event that that, that, that the Bills score two touchdowns early on, right? And now it's a 14-0 game. But the one funny thing about this team, A.B., is we've seen them do it in the past. If you remember last year on primetime against Green Bay, they were down by like 20 points in the third quarter, and they're still running Derrick Henry on first and second down. So anything's possible here. They don't they, – they do believe in – who they are. And I think what they, in, in those situations, you tell the defense, we got to get a stop. They're going to run their offense. Hopefully they can be very efficient and score a touchdown. And then you tell your defense, we got to get off the field right here. And if they can do that, then they can stay in this game. But it's just hard when you're, when we're talking about an explosive uh, Bills offense, 
Tannehill is going to have to throw the football um, if they get behind. They're not going to be able to run it and stay and stay afloat in this game. Right. And Matt, they were down by two scores to Seattle earlier this year. And the reason they won that game was because Derek was because Derek Henry had 33 or no, I'm sorry, 35 carries. Yeah, I think part of it is when you're down 14, nothing, 21, nothing, or you're just down by that margin. You're going to see softer boxes too. And Derrick Henry already is probably their best advantage as far as winning some of these games, especially when you don't have like AJ Brown and Julio Jones and they played large stretches of this season without them. Like rather than forcing the ball to like Nick Westbrook Akine on the outside for a five yard game and off coverage, why not just run Derrick Henry against the soft box? And they've done that to some success with Brown potentially back, Julio Jones potentially back. I think they'll be able to approach the game a little bit differently, just a lot more options now. But Derrick Henry, when you can take soft boxes, I don't see why you wouldn't run him. And they've done that. All right. So I guess the biggest question now, Matt, is Captain Derrick Henry, uh, you like him more in the utility. He has the second highest uh, top play percentage at 20%. Granted, that's half of, of Josh Allen. But he is absolutely one of those guys that, that can break things wide open. Uh, and let me point out, too, you can speak to this. Both of you guys can. If Jeremy McNichols, who was a DNP in back-to-back, uh, do not practice, sorry, not a, do not play, do not practice in back-to-back days leading up to this game, if he ends up being out, does Derrick Henry also become the primary pass-catching back? Because that is a huge deal if McNichols is out. I don't know. We'll have to watch and see if they activate Darrington Evans. To my knowledge, he has not been fully activated or like brought up to the, he's definitely practicing again. He's going to come off injured reserve in one of these games, but I don't know if he's going to be active for tonight's game. Darrington Evans is a clear pass catching back. And I think he would slide into the Jeremy McNichols role. If both Evans and McNichols are out, you're looking at like Makai Sargent, who's an undrafted free agent coming out of Iowa. He's he can catch the ball, but I don't really see his skill set being too different than like Derrick Henry's like, he's not a scat back. Like, McNichols or or Darrington Evans I'm not sure why they would put him on the field over Henry that's the situation where I would really like to take a stance on Henry and play more of him when both Evans and McNichols are out right because what you might see AB is other people try and get sneaky with whatever backup running back is in there and it could just be the case that Derrick Henry gets all of that he is I mean he'll probably get it um every game except for the last game I think he he didn't have any targets last game but prior to that he had at least two and he's turned up I mean, two catches for 20 yards added on. And that's not taking away anything from his 28 or whatever that average is as far as carries he has per game. So he's just the monster. And the, if you look at how this game is played, we just talked about it. They can't protect the quarterback, right? So they're not going to sit Tannehill back there and just have him go five, seven step drop. So those check downs are going to be huge in this game. I can see Derrick Henry having four or five catches. Um, if he breaks a tackle, that's going to be a reception for 24 yards right there. So I think it's very viable, and I will have him absolutely in the captain spot more than um, Josh Allen. What are you doing, Matt, with the with the pass, uh, pass catchers here? Julio Jones uh, is, is back, and, and that's – encouraging hasn't played since week three had a nice game in week two so he's not dead yet so long as he can stay on the field and then aj brown is questionable with this illness i think you'll see julio jones be fairly popular because of his price point 
And if AJ Brown's out, like very much deservedly. So he's going to be the clear alpha receiver for Tennessee and what projects to be like a pass friendly script for them. If they're down in the game and his price is just so attractive down there. He's basically cheaper than all the premier options on both Tennessee and Buffalo. And he should be functioning in that role. I'm expecting Julio to be popular either way, but if AJ Brown is out, he should be extremely owned. And that's because he's a good play and it'll be an even better play without Brown. Do you think you see any Tredavious white shadow action here? If, if both of them are active, I don't think so, but I'm not sure. Yeah, neither am I. I mean, there were a couple of times last year. It was actually Josh Norman that was uh, on AJ Brown for 85% of routes uh, last year. So we'll see how that works out, but all in all, it doesn't really matter much on a showdown slate. We saw what DK Metcalf did against the Rams and Jalen Ramsey, Ramsey the other week. What are you doing with the pass catchers, AB? Uh, I, I mean, I like Julio. I, I don't think Julio is the Julio of old. Uh, I think he's, no. he, he's a little older now. And we're, when you're looking at the targets and where they're going, um, this kid, uh, Westbrook I, Icon. Kine. What is it? Yeah, that. Kine. Yeah, him. I just uh, call him I, Nick Westbrook, really. Nick I mean, Westbrook. Let's go easier. with that. Let's go with that. He, he had a bunch of targets these past two games that he played. Not the Jacksonville game, but the two before that. He had a ton of targets. And uh, if you can see a, a game where they're coming from behind, yes, he can be that guy. I mean, he's cheap. Uh, if you want to, you could go to him as opposed to if people are going to Davis from the other side for that cheap option. I mean, you can – lean to him uh, because they're going to be throwing the ball a lot if Buffalo ends up um, doing what we think Buffalo is going to do. And that's really score a lot of points here. Matt, do you have any tertiary guys, kind of non studs that we're looking at for Tennessee that might be able to haul in a touchdown in the red zone or something? Say AJ Brown is out. I'm honestly not a hundred percent sure. I know who they're going to put on the field. So they've used Nick Westbrook, Akine, and then he's he's missed some time. But you've also had like Marcus Johnson pop up, like Chester Rogers, who's also questionable for this game. Those are all players who have played some snaps, like pretty significant snaps, 50% or more for this team at different times. So I'm just not sure which one's on the field in, you know, like these scenarios. And I think there's a chance that it's maybe just like three or four of these guys rotating like 50% of the snaps, like Johnson, Westbrook, Akine, Chester Rogers. And then maybe you see like more Michael Prude and Ferkser and 12 personnel, depending on the injuries. So I think it's honestly going to be like a timeshare. And depending on how these guys come out, as far as ownership goes, I'm probably going to be trying to spread out the Tennessee ancillary options, maybe taking little stands here and there. If one of them comes in over-owned. And this is gross too, right? If you look at red zone targets, Westbrook Akine has six. Outside of that on the season, you have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight players with with two. So there, there's no advantage there either to try and figure out which one it's going to be. I mean, honestly, it might just be somebody like Pruitt, where you where you pray that that he that he scores. I mean, he's played a lot and he was yeah. injured. He was injured earlier in the year. So we're talking about really small samples with him, but they clearly value him in a specific role. Ferkser is basically just like a big slot kind of tight end. He doesn't play a lot in line. So Pruitt's going to get a lot of snaps naturally. And Lafayette, you and I have talked about this a lot, but even on designed run plays, a lot of times quarterbacks just naturally have to check out of those into pass plays. So Pruitt's going to be on the field for a lot of this game. And he could easily work his way into an optimal lineup if he catches the touchdown. And he's way cheaper than Anthony Ferkser. So that's what I like to see. 
Uh, AB, you have anything else from Tennessee here? Defense, kicker, anybody else that we haven't talked about at the skill positions? No, definitely not defense. Don't play them. They're going to get smoked. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, don't do that. No, no, I'm, I'm good. That's, that's it. I don't, I just don't, they're going to have to score touchdowns. I don't think they're going to be looking to kick the field goal. So um, I think that hurts their kicker. Um, I don't think this will be a low scoring game. So now nah, I'm, I'm good. Anything else for you, Matt? Uh, I'll just like, people might be asking the route difference between Ferkser and Pruitt. In their last game, Ferkser ran four more. It was 16 to 12. So that difference is pretty close where I think Pruitt's still active enough to target. But that's Okay, it. good stuff. So we got about five minutes to go here. Jordan, what's up next? What's coming up after this? MLB strategy? Is there? Is there there's no ba- baseball today, is there? Primer? Oh, okay. Big, that's good. Okay, so you got NBA coming up tomorrow, right? We're kicking the season off on the 19th. So you got the NBA DFS tutorial with Josh and Adam. That's uh, a great show to check out. They've done this before. Uh, it's kind of evergreen. So if you don't catch it live, be sure to catch it afterwards, uh, especially if you plan on playing some NBA DFS this year. Perfect way to get started and get your research going. So they're coming up after us. And if you want to get access to all of our NBA DFS content, NFL DFS content, PGA, NASCAR, MMA, esports, whatever it is, uh, you know, the, the projections, the ownership, the top stack tools, the boom bust tools, the lineup builder, the fantasy cruncher add on uh, outside of fantasy cruncher, all of those tools built by the number one ranked DFS player out there. Awesome. himself fellas won a lot of money using those tools as well. So suggest that if you want to get behind it, you use the promo code NFL strategy show all one word. What, what is it now? keep changing this shit man nfl showdown all one word all caps 25 percent off your first week of awesome plus that's not just football that's everything if you want to go all out you can do a year though uh you could do a month one sport all sport just nba just football everything or if you're if, if the pockets are tight right now but you still want to be able to get some good content some good uh tools the express pass like the nfl plus uh, awesome plus express pass 395 a week gets you all of the showdown tools a ton of main slate stuff the lineup builder all of the tiers tools uh so i mean a million options for anybody go to awesome.com slash join use those promo codes as well all right fellas let's build a quick lineup and then give our top bet for the day matt all right sorry ab we'll kick it off with you who are we going to captain let's talk large field tournament here derrick henry all right Works for me. Matt, that gives us 65.80 per player. We got five flex spots to fill. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna reduce that even further with Josh Allen. Oh, geez. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, that sucks. All right. So <laughs> let's go with oh God. All right, you know what? I'm going Gabe Davis here. I gotta free something up. Let's assume that Gabe Davis does get a little bit more opportunity, does start running more routes, uh, and is someone who, as a rookie, caught a lot of touchdowns. And he was second on the team in, in touchdowns. So let's go with Gabe Davis there at 2K. AB? Oh, man, I really like Matt. So I'm going to let him use a lot of this money. I'm going to go with Pruitt. We just talked about it. All right. I'm going to put a cheap Pruitt in there to get my guy all the room he needs to make this next pick. And it's not oh. crazy. If you have Henry and then you have Pruitt, Maybe Pruitt catches like two receptions. One of them's a touchdown. So you're right. not worried about Tannehill have it being in the optimal either. 
I think there's a lot of ways you can go now that we played two value guys. I've just been messing around with some two V2s. Like if you play Dawson Knox, you still have enough money for Tannehill. If you want to play Diggs and Knox, you certainly can. And I mean, we left ourselves a lot of salary by going Gabe Davis and Pruitt. The world is kind of ours to finish this out. So <laughs> let's go Diggs. All right. I like it. Uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Knox here. It, it's not necessarily an onslaught, right? But, and you have Henry in the, in the captain spot, which is, you know, interesting with, with Allen and three pass catchers for Buffalo, but I can get behind this for sure. Um, and, and Matt, you could go to Tannehill here, but I want to just say one thing, one crazy thing to do if McNichols is out and you think Derrick Henry gets all that pass catching work and they're playing from behind some Derrick Henry Tannehill lineups could be very interesting. If that happens, hundred percent agree. Yeah. Because I, I think a lot of people are going to be worried about getting them into the same lineup. All right, cool. I like this. Henry Allen Davis Pruitt. Those are our two value guys. Diggs, Dawson Knox. So we have four studs in there. I can live with that. I can live with that. All right. Um, before we close this out, hit that thumbs up if you haven't done so yet. I think I forgot to ask this entire show. We got 400 people watching, 79 likes. Let's get that up to 100. And subscribe as well. What are we at? 62. Nice. We hit 62,000 yesterday. Appreciate you guys. And welcome to everybody who hit that join down below and is now part of Team Awesome. Let's do this. Favorite bat for today. AB, who got, who's got this game? Oh, man. Buffalo, Buffalo covers. I think it's five and a half, probably be six by the time the game gets here. It, Buffalo covers this easy. Okay. Matt, what about you? I'm on that too. Oh, you got to give me something else, man. Come on. You don't got nothing else for me? I, I haven't saying. dug too deep into props. That, that would be my favorite one. All right. Fair enough. What do you think Derrick Henry's prop to score is today? Minus 145. Yeah, he is currently minus 215 to score. <laughs> Way off on that so one. Crazy, <laughs> right? So he's going to score. It's insane. Uh, I'm, going, I'm going a little off the board here, but Stefan Diggs, it's his day, baby. Even money, anytime touchdown score. Let's make it happen. That'll do it for us. Thanks for hanging out as always. Stick around. Adam, Share, Josh Ingleman coming up next. It's the NBA tutorial show primer whatever you want to call it evergreen good shit you should check it out whether it's live or after the fact we'll catch you back here for the next one thanks for watching the strategy show presented by no house advantage Peace.